Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. Today, I'm interviewing Julie Kratz. Julie is a highly acclaimed speaker and trainer who led teams and produced results in corporate America for nearly two decades. After experiencing her own career pivot point, Julie developed a process to help women leaders create their winning career game plan. Welcome, Julie. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Well, you have a, I'm, a topic I'm excited about because it's one that we have not had on the, on the show yet. But before we get into that, can you share a little bit about your background and what brought you to what you're doing today? Yeah. So I started my own business uh, dedicated on speaking and training about inclusive leadership and um, gender equality and men as allies. I started that about five and a half years ago. Before that, I did the corporate America thing. Uh, So I spent about a dozen years in corporate America doing a variety of functions and working in a variety of industries. From that, all that experience, I realized that, you know, my real passion, my my real purpose uh, that I feel that I have to bring to the world is uh, around helping others be kind of better versions of themselves. And so fast forward to today, how that shows up in my business is I go inside organizations that despite their best efforts, they're just not getting the results they want on something like diversity and inclusion. And as most of our listeners out there know, if, if you work for um, a larger company or if you're in corporate America yourself or even small to medium-sized businesses today, we're all kind of focused on this. We want to be more diverse. We want to be more inclusive. We know those elusive business results associated with some of the diversity numbers, um, but we're just not hitting the mark and we can't quite figure out why. And so people come to me and say, hey, we're focused on this, but we just don't know how to get there. Or, hey, you know, we we really want um, to have more diverse talent at the top of the organization, but it's just not happening. Promotions tend to resemble the same type of people. Hiring decisions tend to be the same type of people. We just can't find this diverse talent. So that's, that's the purpose of my work. That's what I spend my time doing. And I, I really find great love and, and passion in what I get to do. Mm. And well, it's definitely needed. And I love that we are, are expressing, we both have the same passion. We're just expressing it in a little bit different way. So <laughs> isn't that funny how we have so yeah. much in common? It's just how we say it, how we express it. It's different. Exactly. Uh, now I, I am very particularly interested in the topic of being an ally. Cause I mean, to be completely honest, I only recently heard this, you know, I've been around uh, diversity inclusion for a number of years, like many of us. And I was in working with a group of younger folks uh, who were creating an employee resources group, and they wanted to make sure they included the allies. So Mm -hmm. before we get into being an ally for people who are different than us, can we first maybe explore exactly what an ally is? Yeah, well, that's an all important question, because I call it an umbrella term. So allyship, allies, ally, whatever word we want to use around (laughs) this. There's no authority on this that I'm aware of. (laughs) Uh, A few years ago, um, much like yourself in your current situation, 
I was going to women's conferences and speaking to women's employee resource groups inside organizations and just women talking to women and, and honestly, mostly white women. And I thought, huh, well, this is weird. Why are we talking to ourselves about the same problem and how are we going to fix it if we don't involve all different types of people? Yeah. So the, the, I landed on the term ally from doing all the research and I did some polling uh, that I got over a hundred responses on and, and <laughs> I tested some weird terms. Uh, Manbassador was popular a few years ago. <laughs> I never liked that one, by the way, but it did not do well. Uh, also, uh, male advocates that actually did pretty well and we do need more advocates. Um, but the term ally. Oh, and man champions. I can't forget that one. That was my favorite. And my husband had to shoot me down. <laughs> no, it sounds like men win again. Like, uh -huh. I know I was trying to stroke the ego a little bit, but uh, the term ally really has been more broadly accepted since my initial research on my book about allies. And I think the reason why is that it, it appeals to a broad canvas of activities. And so if you think about ally, I call it an umbrella. And imagine different spokes coming out the center of that ally umbrella. It could be that you're showing up as a mentor to somebody that's different than you. And, th and that's the key piece of allyship is you're surrounding yourself, not with people just like you, because as humans, we really love that. It's called affinity bias. We like people like us. Instead, you're mentoring people, someone that's different than you, not a younger version of yourself, which is what most of us do, myself included. I have that bias. You're sponsoring somebody different than yourself. And a sponsor is really important, especially from a gender perspective, especially for people of color, because we're less likely to get access to the people that make decisions inside organizations. So those are the C-suite. Those are the table when talent management, succession planning decisions are made, impacting someone's career and their next moves. That's what a sponsor can step in and say, actually, she's really interested in this opportunity. Let's put her in a position to get here instead. Someone that's advocating, you know, I call it the cheerleader inside the organization or oftentimes <laughs> amplifying your message externally on social media or giving you accolades for things that you're doing in the community. Uh, it could be somebody that's a challenger. And this is an interesting one because women especially need this. Call it somebody that holds up the mirror to you and kind of puts, mm, do you see this? <laughs> this isn't so good. You need to work on this. Or a lot of times see something in you that you've yet to see in yourself and challenges you to be that better version of you. Mm. And also a coach. And this is probably the most vital role, although all five of the key roles that I've identified, and there's many more, but these top five, the coach is the listener. And if you've experienced this, you've likely have allies that have just sat back, I call it holding the space, just let you think through your own problem. You know, back to gender, you know, women say this oftentimes to their partners and husbands, right? Mm -hmm. I just want you to listen to me. I don't yep. want you to solve my problem. <laughs> the same happens at work. Like we just want someone to coach us through it, listen to us, help us self-discover our own path forward. And how is that us really powerful, open questions can really facilitate this incredible dialogue that's self-sustaining for the, the person that's having the ally experience to be like, oh. I get it now. And guess what? The next time I have this problem, I have a tool now at my disposal to move forward instead of having to rely constantly on others to support me. So we don't need allies. <laughs> However, I would argue engaging allies are going to propel your career far more, much more, much more, much more faster. 
Nice. Yeah. Well, and so, so Ally is huge and I do want to get to uh, the resources you have, like your books in a bit, but before we do that, can you, for our listeners, uh, they're from all walks of life, right? Um, the main uh, group is 18 to 35. How can anyone be an ally for people that are different than them? What are some tips that you have? Yeah, thank you for that. It is, you know, how, how, what's step one in the ally playbook? (laughs) You know, and I have lots of thoughts on this. I often say meet people where they're at. So Mm. as an ally, one rule of thumb is you can't self-declare yourself to be an ally. (laughs) And you know, that's weird, right? When someone's like, I'm Uh an ally, you know, kind of put on their, you know, superhero (laughs) pose. Uh-huh. That's not helpful, right? And it's funny because y- you just read old fairy tales and get all sorts of examples about this being the stereotypical norm, especially again from a gender perspective. And, and so allies don't save the day. Allies don't put on their rescue tape and solve our problems for us. Allyship is in the eye of the beholder. So if you want to get started as an ally, I would encourage you to identify someone, again, that's different than you, and that doesn't have to be physical differences. You know, a lot of times we liken it to gender and race, and those are primary dimensions of diversity and the human experience, but there's so many other wrinkles. Could be somebody from a different industry, could be somebody in a different functional area of your company, could be somebody that has a different socioeconomic background from a different country, has a different cultural experience, so the list goes on. To simplify it, just think about somebody that's different than you, has a different perspective than you, and ask them, and you got to be careful with this one because you don't want to ask them, hey, can I be an ally for you? (laughs) you Oh, I can. Hey, you're different. Can I be your ally? (laughs) Yeah. You know, then the art of this conversation is real. This is why this doesn't happen very often because it's awkward. Instead, you know, consider, and I know in corporate America, I did this for people. People did this for me all the time. And it's just a, a quick conversation to be like, hey, you know, I've noticed uh, that you're interested in A and B, right? Just so you notice something about them that they're interested in. And I'd love to get to know you more, right? Would you mind having a cup of coffee or, you know, having a video chat, like whatever it's like at your organization, whatever is the cultural norm for interaction. So it doesn't feel weird, um, especially across genders. We're, we're in a weird space where sometimes men feel uncomfortable asking women um, to do things one-on-one. Um, so find what suits you best. Um, but at minimum, just get the conversation started and offer a hand and just say, hey, I'd really love to be more supportive um, of where you're wanting to go in your career, for example. Or, hey, I, I really think that we have different perspectives and we could benefit from getting to know one another. Uh, I'd love to brainstorm some ideas with you. Whatever feels normal and natural to you, just say it. You know, if you're feeling it in your gut, just express it. If you think it's weird, like, I know this seems a little awkward, but I'd like to <laughs> mentor you or, you know, I have, I've been thinking about you and do you have mentors, right? Um, it usually goes a little bit better if if the the one being ally, getting the allyship asks. And so oftentimes kind of flipping that script to think, how could I engage my allies? And, and as you engage allies, you're much more likely to find opportunities to be an ally as well. Mm. Nice. So it's building that rapport, building that relationship. It sounds much like building a mentor-mentee relationship, but mm-hmm. just hit a little bit different focus. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and the mentor-mentee relationship is one, like one spoke of that umbrella, right? Yeah. Um, and, and a mentor is really somebody that a, a version of you in the future, you know, to be mentored by somebody you want to, you kind of want to seek out somebody that's three to five years down the road doing what you want to do someday. And a lot of times that requires us to kind of look in the mirror and be like, who do I want to be when I grow up? Right? <laughs> you get asked that question all the time as a kid, and then suddenly it becomes reality during <laughs> your throes of your career. And, you know, it's okay if you don't know the answer to that question, a, a mentor, a, a coach, a, a guidance from an ally might really be beneficial to help you think that through. So you don't have to have all the answers. Um, but I do think self-awareness is a great place to start the conversation with an ally. Yeah. Now you had mentioned seeking allies. What if you're in the, could you share a little bit, maybe, maybe there's a different way to approach if you're seeking an ally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I often call it engaging our allies. And this is where we want to take that critical first step. And in my work again with women leaders and with, and with people of color, oftentimes they'll say, I don't even know how to ask. Like, how do I kind of put myself out there? How to put my hat in the ring to get a mentor, sponsor, fill in the blank. And because what ends up happening, um, despite the best efforts, again, most organizations, when you peel back the data, and I've done this in a handful of rooms, I know it to be anecdotally true, that Men, uh, especially white men, um, especially straight white men, are much more likely to get mentored and sponsored inside organizations. And this happens early. This happens right out of the get-go in the early career. And it's really harmful to other people that don't identify as such to access um, their allies. And so to kind of overcome that, what I recommend is really think through... um, who inside your organization do you admire, right? It made me think about the traits of an inc- like of a leader, I call an inclusive leader, uh, that really appeals to you. And so it could be somebody that's a great listener, for example. It could be somebody that's really open-minded, for example. It could be somebody that's got great advice, for example. What are those attributes that are important to you? And who do you know that does that well? Who do you want to learn from? Right. And kind of just make a short list and inside your organization, pull out an org chart, you know, do some homework, do some research, ask around, looking for a mentor and looking for these attributes or these experiences. Who do you know? And most people will point in the direction. And if you hear someone's name more than once, there's probably something going on there. And then the critical part is just asking. So do your homework, (laughs) but then have an objective, a clear objective when you ask somebody to be your ally. And that could be, Hey, I've noticed that you do A, B, and C really well. Or, hey, I'm looking to learn from you and your career path. I want to be fill in the blank someday. Would you have a half an hour a month? Uh, really? I mean, ideally, an, an ally relationship hasn't doesn't have to be a convoluted conversation. Maybe a half an hour a month isn't enough at first. Um, but oftentimes when I meet my allies... I just make sure there's a standing time on the calendar every month or two for a given period of time. And I always show up intentionally. And this is where after you ask them and you have a clear objective of why you want them to be your ally and how you want them to be your ally and what ally role they'll serve, again, kind of back to those five core roles, then be really intentional. You know, set an agenda, um, know what you want to cover. I've had a mentor for a number of years and I always have three things I'm going to ask her every time I sit down with her. And she knows what to expect and she feels like her time is being valued, 
um, and it's having an impact and remind them. One of the things we can do to engage our allies is recognize them for how they're helping you. Lots of times we take it for granted that surely they know how helpful they are. I have been shocked by how many allies I've recognized and how humbled they are by it. Like, oh, I didn't do anything, Julie. It was no big deal. Yeah, you did. And it was a big deal. And here's how it impacted me. So thank you. I want you to get some credit for this. So recognizing our allies, oftentimes they are humble. Um, They don't want to admit it. Um, But it's important to reinforce the behavior we want to see happen again. Wow. Yeah. Great, great advice. I Now, one thing as you were talking that came up for me was, is there a way we can ally from afar? Mm-hmm. You know, like we may not need to interact with that person, but ways that we can make sure that we are being supportive of those differences being recognized. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, Virtual or allyship from afar can happen. You know, for example, early on in my research, I met a team of, um, they called themselves male allies in Hong Kong. (laughs) I had a series of chats with them and their group as they were getting started and kind of honing in on what they wanted to focus on. And it's amazing what you can accomplish on a video call, a a virtual coffee date, whatever you want to call it. Probably not a date, (laughs) but virtual coffee meeting. Let's keep it professional. Um, But I joke, but seriously, I think you can achieve these relationships. It does not have to be in person. It does not have to be somebody you spend a ton of time with. Again, it goes back to the objective of that relationship, having a clear objective of what it is you're hoping to learn. And then showing up intentionally every time with something that you want to learn aligned with that objective. And these don't the best the 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 hidden kind of benefit of all of this is that those that are allies oftentimes achieve more on the benefit side than those that are being <laughs> mentored, sponsored, fill in the blank, et cetera, as, as allies. And so oftentimes you learn a lot more from the people you're helping than the help you're actually delivering. Oh yeah. And, and you know that, right? If you've given to somebody that feeling and, and it's an instinctual human need to want to give to others, to want to help others. Just like I said in my purpose from the get-go in corporate America, I loved helping people grow and be better versions of themselves. This is part of your purpose on your podcast too, right? Right. And we all want to help each other. Honestly, it's a primal human need to want to help people in our communities. And so... As an ally, remind yourself, like, it's not selfish, right? You don't want to think, I'm going to gain so much from this. But the more I give, like, the better I'm going to feel, the more, um, the more that I, impact I'm going to be able to have and the more I'm going to learn because we actually learn a lot more from different people than people that are just like us. And if you remind yourself of that, right, you go into a conversation with somebody different and you've experienced this, someone from a different country, different religion, different background, whatever it was. So you come out of that conversation like, whoa, I did not know that before. And so you're actually better (laughs) on the other side of it. But we have a tendency to be afraid of that because we don't know. Like there's fear that kicks in with the unknown. And so just kind of curbing that fear and doing it afraid. (laughs) Our allies are not going to be perfect. That's one thing that's really important is don't expect this relationship to be perfect and everybody to say and do the right thing all of the time. People are going to have hiccups. They're going to mess up. They're going to say and do the wrong thing. And We're all allies in training. 
and I myself am <laughs> somebody that teaches this, I'm learning all the time. And so be open to that feedback. If we're waiting for, for people to be perfect, I often joke, we will wait forever. <laughs> Let's yeah. just let people meet people where they're at, right? And let them be human. Right. Because we learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Now, back to being the ally from afar, though, what I meant was, for example, let's say I'm a straight white male in organization without in particular allying with one particular female, how can I be supportive of women in leadership oh. or you know, uh, supportive of the transgender population of the organization or, or whatever, right? So kind mm-hmm. of allying from afar, maybe... If there's some way to do that, is yeah. or do you have tips for that? Yeah, broadening the net a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I thank yeah. you for that clarification. Yes. So, uh, some of the easier things. It doesn't have to be a one-on-one relationship. So it absolutely can be a one-to-many relationship. And especially as a senior leader, as any leader in an organization, you have tremendous influence just by your actions. So showing up at the women's employee resource meeting as a male ally and just sitting there and listening and being curious goes a long Mm. way. Um, Advocating for people that are different than you, right? And and so that might be the transgender community that might be showing up during Pride Month, whatever it is that's um, important to you that you feel compelled by, um, you can very much have a a large impact by subtle intention, again, intentional acts of kindness and reaching out And just asking people, one of the best things you can do as an ally is, hey, I want to be more supportive of, you know, the organization, a dimension of diversity you're interested in. Just say, what would you recommend for somebody that wants to get more involved? Right. And and people Mm, give you a treasure trove of ideas and things that you can say and do. Um, Team meetings, I will say, if you're a leader, how you choose to have your team meetings and what you talk about, you can have a huge impact on your team by just opening up the conversation around diversity and asking people for different perspectives. And I love the question, what perspective are we missing in this room? It's a great Ooh. thing that allies are asking. And when you start to raise your antenna, I, I love going inside organizations and asking that question because meeting rooms are filled with people that look the same, act the same, and have the same experiences. And yep. you got to wonder, hmm, are we getting the most out of this team? Are we getting the best innovation and best ideas and best business results when we have the same thinking going on? So challenging things, um, challenging the norm, challenging the status quo is something really important for allies to do. Nice. You know, I love that. I wrote it down. What perspective are we missing in this room? I'm going to borrow that if that's okay. <laughs> oh, please, please. Allies, spread the message. <laughs> awesome. Uh, can you give us a, just a quick overview of the services? And I know you have uh, a few books, if you could share with yeah. the listeners. Yeah, yeah. Check out everything. Nextpivotpoint.com has a full gamut of resources. So the resources page there um, has, I think, 150 blogs last time I, I checked. Those are great. Read and share and discuss uh, with your team. Um, we have many video series on Lead Like an Ally. So we have a Lead Like an Ally page um, with my new book, uh, Lead Like an Ally. Um, you can actually download a book discussion guide and lead that with your team, as well as watch the video series and each of the 20 
12 key attributes of an inclusive leader. So, and we have a podcast as well. The The Pivot Point podcast is dedicated to um, interviewing experts in diversity and inclusion and gender equality all over the globe uh, about these conversations that Hong Kong team I mentioned is one of the earliest episodes and still one of the most popular. So lots of different perspectives I share there. And um, check out my books. They're all available on Amazon as well. So if you search my name, Julie Kratz, uh, Pivot Point One and Lead Like an Ally should all come up. Mm, nice. So a final piece of advice that you have for our listeners? Uh, so everyone has an opportunity to be an ally. If, uh, if uh, parts of this conversation resonated with you, I'd really encourage you to ask yourself the question, what's one thing I could do to show up for somebody that's different than me? And we've given you lots of ideas and, and I always call it choose your own adventure, um, but really, <laughs> really pick one thing, one thing that you really walk away that's tangible to you. And, and again, put that radar up, be looking for people that have different experiences and different perspectives and spend more time with them. I, I promise you'll be better on the other side of it. Yay. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Julie. Ah, oh, thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. If you'd like to learn more about Julie visit her website at nextpivotpoint.com. Interested in expanding your employee development program? Visit christinaeans.com to look at the many workshops Christina has available for you.